This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. It started with Psalm 129. It is another song of ascent. And remember, uh, those psalms go on through, and I think I think the last psalm of ascent is Psalm 134. So we're going to have several psalms that they sung as they were going up to the temple, and these are psalms that uh, they would have been well known. These were the major hits of the day. These were the things that they sang regularly and all the time as they were as they were entering the temple or as they were going up to festivals. And the children would have known these psalms and the senior adults. Just think about it. They're, they were tr- the traditions of their people as far as the singing. And you think about the things that, uh, the traditions that you have, uh, the traditions that you have uh, studying God's on Easter and, and Christmas and Thanksgiving and uh, and how important uh, a lot of those things are just because the family gets together and does them together. When we look at those things, we just, we need to, we need to spend a lot of time remembering that these things are the things that the Jewish people all off their heart because they sung them and songs sung stick with us. Uh, oftentimes, memor- things memorized don't, but songs sung do. He says, many uh, a time they have afflicted me from my youth. Many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say. What he's saying is that I've been troubled by others a lot in my life. (laughs) I've been dealing with a lot of troubles from others. And I don't know of any human being who can't say that. We, in fact, in our country, we have a great blood sport called building people up to tear them down. In fact, we love to do that with our celebrities, talk about how wonderful they are and write all these books and they're on page six of the New York Times. Can't believe I knew that, Kenny. They're on page six of the New York Times. They're the uh, elite, the minute, Anything negative is about them. You you, you got the National Enquirer right there uh, next to the uh, mints as you check out at the cash register, and there they are. They they've got divorced. They 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 their uh, lives are in ruin. They're going bankrupt. So they're having an aliens baby. No. Maybe that I don't know. Anyway, something like that is always we build people up to tear them down. So even the wealthy, even the uh, even those who are we consider those who are untouchable, they're afflicted by others also. There's no one in the world that that lives with other people that are not afflicted by other people. And the truth is, if you want, if you don't want to know the truth, if you're not afflicted by others, oftentimes you're afflicted by yourself, aren't you? And he says, many a time they have afflicted me for my youth. Let Israel now say. So everybody needs to say that's true. Many a time they have afflicted me for my youth, yet I have not, yet they have not prevailed against me. And so you could tell this is a song of victory. What he's saying is, I've I've had trouble and I've had struggles and I've had difficulties, but I have not been, I've not been overcome. I've not been destroyed. I've not been I've not been uh, cast so low that I, I can't make it. And sometimes you just need to know that. 
Sometimes you just need to remember that every situation that we face in life that we feel like is is such a difficult struggle and such a trouble and something that we just can't stand to deal with anymore. If we really place it in light of our prior life, the things that have been going on since uh, we were children, oftentimes they don't rank as the highest or worst thing. Sometimes they do. If you have a child that's got cancer, that would rank real high on on the list of, of the terrible afflictions of life. If you're a, a significant other, your husband or wife were to pass away, that would rank real high on the afflictions of life. Uh, uh, sometimes they are those things, but oftentimes uh, the worries and the struggles of the moment are are really pale in comparison to the things that God has already led us through and the things that God has already uh, delivered us from. And we can't allow the affliction of the moment to be the driving force in our life because that is that is a placing uh, significance on something that has very little significance. That's placing significance on something that is in light of, of God's work in our life is probably not not all that great. And in light of eternity is likely just a blip on the radar. And when I say in light of eternity, realizing that uh, the things that are going on right now are very passing away in light of what God is prepared for us and is at work regularly doing for us and going to do forever for us in eternity throughout outside of time and its greatness. So he says, uh, many have a time they have afflicted me for my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed on my back. And I'm not sure exactly you read that. That's one of those phrases that you read and you go, I really want to know what that means. I've got, I got a feeling it means that they, they rode me hard. They drove me into the ground and they made me struggle against them. He says, the plowers plowed on my back. They made um, their furrows long. They, their cuts were deep in me. And oftentimes those cuts are, are a struggle. And I run into so many people who have never ever really dealt with them with God, dealt with the struggles of life, uh, dealt with the long situations of life. So many of my family members and and so many of the people that are just regularly a part of who, I, who what I do each day, they've never really dealt with the things that have happened in their life from long ago. And oftentimes those wounds that uh, we get in, they're still tender. And even though they're uh, 30, 40 years old, they're still tender out there. And the question is, have you been able to go to the King of Kings, to the great physician, to, to the Lord of comfort, who is God? Are you, have you gone to him and received the grace that is needed to deal with that, that situation? It is, it is, it's required, really. God, I think God really requires us to come to him and allow him to, to heal those things because they do, they do identify the work of God, the grace of God at work in our lives and God's ability to sustain us and allow us to overcome in the midst of them. And we talk about the scars of life. Remember that the only made thing in heaven are, are the scars that Jesus has. And those scars were given to him to pay for our afflictions and our struggles. And I think that the scars that not only the physical scars, but the scars of our lives, the struggles of our lives, I think they're giving to us to glorify God. And, and they do glorify God because they're evidence of God's sustaining power. And you really have to, you have to remember that. And it's hard to remember it in the moment, but it's a real remembrance for those who've gone through the, the struggles and can identify with them. Oftentimes, they're a great help to others because they understand. They have empathy for the situation. He says, the Lord is righteous. He has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. Notice, 
What he said is he's broken us free from those things. He Those things continue to be attached to us, the cords of the wicked. They uh, plow long furrows in our back, the, the uh, furrows along. And by plowing those furrows, they feel like they, they control us because they they have wounded us and therefore we're tied to them. And, and that does not have to be. That does not have to be. In fact, the great understanding of forgiveness is to release and to be released from uh, uh, sin, to be released from uh, something somebody has wronged you with. To to release them is to release yourself. And uh, I, I so many times talk to somebody and they're just so angry about what somebody else did. And the truth is that anger the truth is that anger, the other person doesn't even know it. The other person is not suffering at all from the situation. And you're the only one who's struggling with it. You're the only one who is, who's having difficulty with it. So the truth is that you're the one who's still tied to it. And the, the Bible says the Lord is righteous, meaning he, he does right by us. And, and so he has cut in pieces the cords of the wicked. He's cut in pieces those things, those things that... Uh, those things that are holding us back and holding us uh, down. He, he's cut those things from us so that they should not control us. The question is, do you keep going, picking up the cords and tying them back to you? Uh, a lot of times we do. A lot of times we can't let it go. And uh, letting it go is oftentimes the, it's the only answer. You, some things just the only answer is to forget about them and move on. Really, that's the only answer. And you say, is that godly to forget about them and move on? I think so. I think he says he he remembers our sin against us. He, he cast our sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers against us no more. That sounds a lot like forgetting it and moving on, don't it? It does to me. And he forgets them against us. Now, he holds them against Jesus, so he can glorify himself in his great work of overcoming, but he doesn't remember them against us anymore. And remember, our sin is primarily, almost exclusively, against God. Uh, remember when David killed Uriah the Hittite and had a child with his wife, and uh, that's murder, adultery, the whole nine yards, conspiracy, everything you can think of. If we want to take him to the take him to the uh, the courtroom of heaven, David had, David had had really ruined some people, had done some horrible things to some people, and and then when Nathan the prophet came before him and he poked that finger, he told uh, told David a story about a man who had hundreds of sheep, and he was going to have a party for one of his friends. And rather than uh, taking one of his sheep and slaughtering it for the feast, he uh, he the, he had a neighbor who had one one small sheep that had, had, had grown up with the family, except slept in the bed with the family. He was a part of the family. He was like a, he was one of their pets. And the rich man took that sheep, slaughtered it for his family. And David was indignant. He said, bring that man before him because he was fixing to bring down all the weight of the government and the law against that man. And that Nathan with that bony long finger stuck it out at, at David. And he said, thou art the man. You did it. You did that. That's what you did. And and David, he 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 felt and he knew Nathan was right, and he began the process of repentance in that. And and in that process, he wrote a psalm. And in that psalm, he said, "Against you and you only have I sinned, O Lord." And and you go, no, David, you sinned against other folks. The truth is, no, he didn't. He sinned against God because we are gods, and uh, we're God's people. And he bought us at a price. And so if you sin against one of, one of his people, if you do that, you sinned against 
mainly God, because we're God's. And if we're God's people and you do something to me, you're doing it to him because it, I'm his. Do you understand that? Do you get that? It, it's an important understanding. We, when we hurt other believers, we're, hurt, we're directly offending God. He says, that which you've done the least of these, you've done unto me. And so uh, understanding understanding that, David was saying, my sin, my sin is my issues are with God. And, and knowing that, realizing that, and holding things against others who may have wronged you, but are believers, holding those things against them and continuing to allow those cut deep furrows in you, allowing those things to continue on, boy, only hurts you and only messes up your relationship with God. It doesn't hurt anybody else. And, and so uh, they have to be released. Uh, I don't know why we went down that trail, big, that pig trail today, but it was a good one. He said, let all those who hate Zion be put to shame and turn back. What he's saying is, God, you're sovereign. Let you handle those folks who are doing us wrong. You handle those folks who are, who are, who are after us. And I have found, I, since, as sincerely as I can say this, I'm not just saying it because I'm a pastor and all this. So you got to say it, preacher, because you're a preacher. I'm saying this for real. It's for real. When I learned this as a young man, and it was a young man, it wasn't when I was a, a teenager. When I learned this in my 20s, when when you when those who were coming against you, it seemed like they're coming out of just the shadows to attack you. When that happens, you got to let God be your defender. You got to let God be your protector. And you have to genuinely trust that he's going to take care of you in that. And when you learn how to do that, you realize that he really is doing. You realize that he really is handling your issues and your problems. You realize that there are more forces on your side than there are forces on the other side. You realize that there's. You realize that it is easier and more important to focus on God than to try to to battle to battle uh, what you can't see. And so let God handle those things. Let God uh, do the do the work of making things right and making things okay for you. Allow Him to be your defender. Allow Him to be the one who 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 uh, defends you. He's, that's what David said, and, he's, and this is said regularly, regularly in the book of in the book of Psalms. It is said regularly in the book of Psalms. God is our defender. He said. Let them be as the grass on the housetop. This week, I, I showed up to a home visit. It was up uh, near Hackneyville. And yes, for those of you who are not from Alabama, there is a place near where I live called Hackneyville. There is also a place called Booger Holler. Just letting you know, Op, Slap Out, Notasoga, Silicaga, just telling you places that are nearby that uh, have well, interesting names. Anyway, Hackneyville is up there, and I pulled up to see a fella, older fella, that his wife's getting a guardian conservatorship over him. And I've been barked at by many adults. Dogs like to bark at me when I show up. And for the first time, this time, the dogs were barking me, barking at me from on the roof. It was crazy. The dogs were literally on the roof, and I didn't realize it, but the house was built into the side of the hill, and so the dogs just ran up on around the back of the house on the backyard. The backyard actually is the roof, and so the dogs were barking at me from the roof. Just let, I don't even know really why I said that, but he says, let them be as grass on the house. Apparently, there are places that have grass on the housetops, 
and one of them is in Hackneyville, Alabama. And so he says, which withers before it grows. Why does that grass wither before it grows? It withers before it grows because, withers before it grows because y'all's comments are killing me this morning. It, it withers before before it grows because it doesn't have a very deep, the soil is not very, not very deep on the, the, store, the, the, the soil is not very deep on the roof. And so it withers. And what he's saying is when people are throwing dirt on you, don't worry, nothing's going to stay very long because why? It doesn't have a whole lot of roots to hold it down. That's really what I mean. It says, I think that's really what verse six means. He says, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, meaning it, it doesn't even become anything. What you think, when you think people are throwing dirt on you, you think it's going to become something. And the truth is, it's just going to be washed away really quickly. Can you believe that? Do you, can you actually believe that about things? Can you do that? Can you say the dirt thrown on me is going to blow away pretty quick and nobody really cares? Can you say that? I don't know. I don't know if you can say that, but 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 you should. He says, nor he who binds sheaves his arms, neither let those who pass by them say the blessing of the Lord is upon you. He says, we bless you in the name of the Lord. What he's saying is, is listen, though, though we deal with all these things, the blessing of God is upon us. And they're never going to say that. They're never going to uh, believe that. They're never even going to understand that. It's not for them to understand. They can't understand it, okay? It's okay. It's okay. How many times I've had, I, I have I had to say this to people that I deal with on a regular basis at work? I've said to them, it's okay. It, it'll be over soon. It'll pass. It'll be gone. For you just gonna, it's just going to wash away. Next good rain's going to be over with. And let it go. Let it go. I think there's some Disney song about that. I don't know. Let it go. Move on. There's too much good out there ahead of you to, to spend a whole lot of time wallowing in a bunch of filth that just the truth is going to wash away for you. And uh, I believe I've told many of y'all that this time last year when we were getting ready to start the church. Just let the things that uh, went on in the past go. Let them go. Move on. Because uh, what God has given us today is better than we had before. It always is. It always is. And it's right for the moment. The things that we had before oftentimes were great because they were right for that moment. They were right for that moment. But the days that we have ahead are right for the moments ahead. And so let's uh, let's focus on the days that we have ahead and uh, the goodness and the right things that we have ahead for us. And then let the things of the past be in the past. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.